Welcome to the First Love Church. We invite you to have an encounter with the Word of God as you listen to this message preached by Episcopal Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Sister Joy is a daughter of Bishop Dyke Hewitt Mills and currently pastors the IDRC branch of the First Love Church, a thriving church with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. She's also a Macarius minister under the Dyke Hewitt Mills Ministry Office and travels extensively holding pastors' conferences taking the books of Bishop Dykewood Mills to the nations. We believe this message will empower, equip, and give direction for your life. Now listen to Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Thank you for International Sunday. Thank you for bringing us from all parts of the world to worship you. We are so grateful. We ask that your presence will be with us this afternoon, that your word will find a home in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we thank God for International Sunday. Amen. Oh, you sound as if breakfast, breakfast didn't work today. Hallelujah. Now, I, I want to just take the, <laughs> I want to take the opportunity of an international Sunday to tell you that we are an international church and not a local church. Yeah, yeah. Are you there? Sometimes the question comes, eh, why don't you preach in tree? Because we're not a local church. Is that okay? There are local congregations that minister only to the people there. But this church is in 90 different countries. Do you understand? And when you go, just like how when you go to your bank in another country, you feel comfortable. Yeah. Pastor Juan, if you sit here, it's good. You give them small room, eh? Uh Amen? Are you here? Your bank in another country, you still feel okay. Because you recognize it. So an international church, you feel okay. When I went to the UK, I was very okay. It was just another first love church. Amen? It was just like home. So does it answer the question now? Because some of you are like, oh, your praise and worship. Why do you sing? But we sing the songs that everybody, you can translate it into any language. I hope you get it. Uh So it's not like we are being some way. We too, that's the vision of our father. 
Uh-huh. You, when you get your vision calling you to Kukurantumi, you can go to Kukurantumi and do everything as we do. Uh-huh. But when it's international, you do international things. Hallelujah. And the best part of it is that it all started in Ghana. Hey, I said it all started in Ghana. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. The second thing I want to say to you before I start preaching today is that we are also a mission-based church. What does it mean? Those 90 countries, we believe that people from here, they go out there and they start the churches there. And one day you must find yourself preaching Jesus somewhere else. Amen? You see, your amen is not strong because if it was... If it was the UN sending you even to even to Sudan, you go. I'm saying even Sudan because they have places where there's war. You go because of money. But when it is God sending you, then your turns come. But this is a mission church. Amen. I am a guy. I have not lived in Accra for over 30 years. I don't even have plans of going there. Yeah. yeah. Are you there? Hey, you are very quiet. Ask your neighbor, can you be sent somewhere? Can you be sent? Can you be sent? Some of you, your whole eye is only money. It's a useless eye. Yeah. You better start to just get yourself ready to go somewhere. When you get there, you're going to do your PhD there, but you're going to start a church there. Amen. Yeah, it's an international church. Yeah, it's an international church. Do you understand the word international? We have so many branches of this church in South Africa. All were started by one man who was going to do his master's for two years. In two years, he started six churches. Till today, the work is going. Tell your neighbor, that's my story. That's my story. That's my story. Hallelujah. Are you there? So you better start to get an, an international eye. Some of you, the eye is too local. You can't even see further than your grandfather's uh, uh, hometown. You can't see. So while some people will go to their hometown, some too will travel. Amen. We are not afraid of traveling at all. We're not afraid of settling down in new areas and bringing Jesus there. We're not afraid. Please ask your neighbor, are you afraid? Lay your hands on your neighbor and say, I cast out the demon of fear. Fear is the demon. I cast it out. I cast it out of you. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, are you there? Yeah. And it's a different life. You see, you can come here, you can be a student like everybody, and at the end of your schooling time, you just have a paper that says you have a degree. In five years, you won't even know where the paper is. But you can also have a life that as you are finishing school, you have credentials. People have come to know the Lord because of you. Yeah. And you can choose places in the world to go. And you go there. Are you there? I'm not giving you theories, though. I'm not giving you theories at all. I went to do my PhD in Norway. When I came back with my family, uh, you'll be there. Uh, hey, I hear you. When I came back with my family, Bishop sent us to Tamale. There was not one single lighthouse church there. We went and started the churches that are there. Are you there? And we preached the word. People came to give their lives to Christ. We trained people. Nobody wanted to come from South Up. So we trained people who were there. And we would speak good things about the land. When we were leaving 15 years later, 122 branches had been started by children that we had raised. Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yeah. It's a blessing. Up until today, when I feel like chilling, that's where I go. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so I want you to have a certain eye. For us, it was coming back and going there. 
and we really love the place. It is possible to love a people who are not your biological people. Yeah. Hey, the church is very quiet. Yeah. Today, my first son is a 30-year-old. He's married with one wife and one child with one more on the way. And they are missionaries. And they are missionaries in Madagascar. This morning, before I came to preach, my daughter-in-law, she just sent me a text and she said, Mommy, I've reached 200 and I'm still counting. They started the church in February. Yeah. In another town. To go there, it takes three days. Uh, you, I can see you don't understand what I'm saying. Are you there? If I want to visit them, it takes me three days. In fact, from Kumasi 4. <laughs> are you there? But they are so fulfilled. And some of you today, I want you to just pick the seed of a thought in your heart and let it go to your spirit. That one day, because of you, people will hear about Christ. Reverend Eric has just been in India for a year and he's standing here speaking Bengali to you. Yeah. He's a married man with children. He has left the children here. Hey. Sorry, now you're new. That's why now you come. Uh, look, pinch your neighbor and say, why? Is it your hunam that you like? If they were sending you to India for money, you would have seen you going, kekrete, 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 look at you. <laughs> but when you are to go for something so much more worth it than money, souls, the soul is so precious. It's so precious. And until you go, you will not know it. So my prayer today is that in this International Sunday, a seed will just enter into your heart. That me too, I can go somewhere and I can share the word of God with people and people in another place will get to know Jesus. It will come to pass. Amen. Amen. But until then, we are here. <laughs> and we have been learning how to become mature Christians. We've been ask, answering some questions, things that you need to know. Amen. One of the reasons why Christianity is very shallow these days is because you don't stretch yourselves to do anything. You're just walking. But when you now have to go and talk to somebody about Jesus and you have to share him with somebody, you realize that I need to know more. I need to read more. I need to understand more. Are you there? Some of you, if I call you right now and I ask you, why are you born again? You'll be looking at me. Hmm. And my father said that we, dear, we are born into this church. No church has died for you. Your parents' Christianity it will not save you. The only Christianity that will save you is your own. Yes. It's your own. You have to believe the Lord yourself. And we are talking about these things and asking the questions and answering them so that you will learn. Are you there? Hallelujah. Now, this afternoon, I'm going to be answering some questions that pertain especially to young people especially to young people and i want you to listen and listen well because many of you have imbibed the spirit of the world because you didn't know that the bible has something to say about many things are you with me so if i'm preaching about something here and you find that you are in it don't waste your time and mind by feeling condemned. Condemnation, it doesn't do anything. Romans 8, 1 says that there is now no condemnation for them that are in Christ. So if you are in Christ, there's no condemnation for you. But it is something, oh, okay, then I have to correct myself according to this word. 
Do you understand? That's why Romans 12, 2 talks about the fact that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so I'm going to be dealing with some questions which people try to even move around, away from, you see, because we live in a world today when, when you speak the truth, people say, don't judge me. If I say that you are a girl, how can it be a judgment? It's just a fact of life. It's just a fact of life. Amen. Uh-huh. It's just, uh, by the way, some of you are looking so gorgeous that you, we have to find a, what do you call it? Photographer? Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't. James, photo shoots, can it work? Okay, James says it can work because Charlie, I'm seeing an Igwe sitting here. Oh, Charlie, I'm seeing some, in fact, some of the costumes are just too correct. So please make sure that you get your photo shoot. Uh, you are wondering where I'm from? I just landed from Dubai this morning. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, you, you ask you, I'm looking at you, where are you coming from? Some of you, you are coming from Africa Hall Basement. <laughs> Hallelujah! But in fact, our national anthem is very nice. So. It's nice, but in fact, it's nice. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. You know, so as I'm dealing with these things, it's in order to teach. Is that okay? So tell your neighbor, don't feel condemned. It's not for condemnation. I have to say it. And I have to say it because you are going to find out that many of us here, we have already done these things. Uh-huh. Because it's the way of life. And so I want to show you from the Bible. And just promise me one thing. From today, when you see something in the Bible, you try to do. Uh-huh. The Bible says that you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How will your mind be renewed? It will be renewed by your going into the word and then you take what the word says about that particular thing. Is that okay? And that's when you begin to see a transformation. Hallelujah. And so we've been talking about various things. I shared with you how we are spirit, soul, and body and how we are trying to let our spirit be mature enough to help us. And in, in, so do, in doing this, I've been trying to answer questions. Hallelujah. I started about four weeks ago, then I think Pastor Sean also had one week. Last week we did something else because of our program. And we are back today talking about how you can be, how to become a mature Christian. This morning I want to start by picking up on a very interesting topic. And the question is, why do Christians, or why are Christians not supposed to commit fornication? You see why I started by telling you that you may already be inside. You may already be inside. Uh-huh. But if you are inside, maybe you don't know what the Bible says about it. So I want to share with you what the Bible says. Amen? I also have to say that for much of today, I'm using the King James Bible. The reason why I'm using King James is because some of the translations that fear people have removed the word fornication. And they have put their sexual vices or sexual immorality. When you do that, you just wash down the thing. In other words, what's an immorality? If I think that fornication is not an immorality because I love the guy, then it's okay. But the original word there is fornication. Uh-huh. So I'm staying with that. Let's just go to the scriptures. Let's just go to the scriptures. Can I go to the scriptures? Powerful. Those of you who don't like the Bible, you don't like Jesus because Jesus is the word. Yeah. So start to like him. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. For this is the will of God 
even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication. I don't know how it can be more clear. Or as we say here, cray. I don't know how it can be more cray. What does the Bible have to say about this topic? Matthew chapter 15. I'm reading from verse 16. And Jesus said, Are you also yet without understanding? Jesus was talking to his disciples as we are here this morning. Do you not understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goes into the belly and is cast out into the drought? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. From, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemy. Are you seeing it? Fornication and adultery are two names of the same thing done under different circumstances. Fornication is sex with somebody you are not married to. Adultery, somebody, at least one party is married. Yeah, so adultery is sleeping, a married person sleeping with somebody that they are not married to. Yeah, but pastor, we are all holy here. Then you are a child. You have now come. I've been a pastor for a very long time. Some of you were not born when I became a pastor. And I can tell you that fornication is alive and well in the church. And some of you don't even know that it is wrong. So today we are looking at what the Bible says. Not what you think. Not what is commonly done. Not what your body feels like doing. That's not what we are discussing here. What the Bible says. Are we in the church? Okay. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 6. <laughs> First Corinthians 6 is, is dynamite. We're reading from verse 15. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he that is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, save he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Then he gives an instruction in verse 18. Flee fornication. Run away from it. Brother. Run away. Not run towards. Young lady, you know that the guy is attracted to you as you are going to his room. You know that he is attracted. Run away. Don't go there. Listen to me. The Bible says that resist the devil. Even Satan will stand against him. But the feeling to sleep with a man, the feeling to sleep with a woman, not your husband, is so strong. The Bible says the only thing you can do, pick up your slippers and run. That's all. Flee. <laughs> That's why you should love the scriptures. You now see that it's talking to you. And then it tells us why. You see, some of you, you only know it as a rule. And every instruction that you are given, unfortunately, sin is very sweet and attractive. So when they say don't do, that's when you want to go and do. But today I want you to see us for God. He will tell you why. Look inside the Bible. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. 
but he that committed fornication sins against his own body. You must be unwell to take a knife, look at your leg, and chuck it. You are not well. And the Bible says that when you fornicate, you are doing something against yourself. Not against somebody. Yourself. And he says that, I need a demonstration. Because of the kind of what I'm preaching about, I'm going to use my own people. Aquile, come. Bring your bag with you. Good, good, good. But for come. God forbid. Is that okay? Don't, this is not a joke. Don't even joke with it outside of church. Now, if these two people engage in fornication, the Bible says that they become one flesh. Are you there? Because some of you go bed to bed. I'm explaining to you why it's against yourself. God forbid. So brother has gone together with sister. When he breaks away from her, because they were one, anything that is one that you are breaking, it tears. It tears. Anybody who has, who has divorced, even when they claim that they hate the person they are divorcing, is so painful. You are very quiet. It is so painful. It's painful to the people concerned. It's painful to the children. It's painful to the family. It's a divorce of families. Believe me, I know it from experience. Yeah. I have a close relative who divorced. The whole family, we wept for years. Yes. Are you there? I was in the house when his wife came to me and she was carrying her divorce certificate. And she just came. She put it in my hand. I remember just, I just broke down. I just broke down. You are dealing because the two have become one flesh. And when you separate anything that is one flesh, to separate any part of you from any part of you. It's not simple. So if this young man, God forbid, I'll lay hands on you when I finish because I don't want it to become. If they have, they commit fornication, not married. When he now decides that I'm leaving here, I want another girl, a piece of hair gets stuck on him. So she is now poorer by this piece. And he is now carrying something. Thank you. He's now carrying something extra. Are you there? Then he goes to find another sister. Please come with your something. With something. Then he comes. When he comes, he has found another beauty. And by the way, the sisters are really beautiful in the church. And then once again, he says, my chemicals are burning. I love you. I cannot wait. If you love me, you'll sleep with me. If you love me, you are stupid enough to believe it. If you love me, talk, 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 talk. Hey, please, it is one. When they finish and he has decided, and he has decided that he has had enough, she should go. They remember one flesh. So as she's going, as she's going I told you you are tearing something you are tearing you are tearing you are tearing are you there she has to leave something of hers here the guy goes on 25 sisters 
30 sisters. As you are saying, hey, some of you brothers, you are already at 25. Some of you are already at 40. As you came, sister, thank you. Right now, you are yourself, but you are yourself plus a piece of this sister and a piece of that sister. Finally, 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 you are now ready to settle down. And you have decided that now, dear, I'm about to be serious. I want to get married. Let me look for somebody. I need another sister. <laughs> quickly, quickly. Come yourself, just with nothing. Now you have decided that you have found a nice sister. I want to get married to this sister. But now look at what is happening. Now that she's coming to marry you, there's, it's not you alone. There's a piece of sister one that has become part of you. A piece of sister two. So even though she's trying to marry you, if they were 25, there are 25 different pieces. Do you now understand why when you are now serious, the relationship still does not work? And it doesn't work because you are a mess. And you are a mess from the pieces that have been left on you. And the girl, you are a mess from the pieces that have been taken from you. And that is why the Bible says that the person who is hurt and who is affected by fornication is the fornicant yourself. 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 Those of you who think it's just a casual affair, nobody knows. Nobody needs to know. Nobody knows. Maybe nobody knows. But the pieces that are hanging on you, I'm not even talking about disease. I'm talking about the piece of another human being that's on you. Stuck on you. Affecting how you think. Sometimes it's a demon from where the person came from and it's stuck on you. And somebody you are listening to my voice, since you slept with that guy, you've not been normal again. It's a demon that you picked. Yeah. I'm reading it to you. That's why I came to talk to you about it. says what? Know ye not. That he which is joined to a harlot is one body. As you came together with the person, you became one person. The two shall be one flesh. You should be repenting and asking God to help you. Then he says, verse 19, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have from God, and you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. I'm saying it because some of you, you are born again, sanctified, the Holy Spirit is in you, but you are still fornicating. There's a song. I am not my own. I was bought with a price. I'm what? You don't know the song? Hey, people are a couple of friends. I was purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. All my debts were paid by his sacrifice. Hallelujah to the Lord. Sing it for me. I don't know where you were coming from, but sing it for me. My own. Listen to the words. I was bought with you were bought price. with a price. I 
was purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. All my, All debts, my debts were, were paid, paid by, by his sacrifice. sacrifice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb who redeemed my life. Hallelujah to the Lamb who redeems my life. And that is why if you were somebody who before you got born again, you were sleeping around, you begin to understand even more what Jesus has done. That you were purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. You were bought. I am not my own. I was bought with a price. I was purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. All my debts were paid. And that's why when Jesus comes into your life, your debts are paid. Your debts are paid. That is why when you are now a believer and you are still fornicating, I don't know what to do with you. I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. I don't know what to do with you. Hey. Are you there? Some of you, the only reason why you are not fornicating is because nobody has come. So stop feeling so righteous over there. Ah, am I lying? Is it not true? Father, in the name of Jesus, may nothing that has been said here ever... Hey, bring your heads. Let it never come to pass. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So when we ask you not to fornicate, it's for your own sake. Thank you, Nanaja. It's for your own sake. Some of you, your relationships is just sleeping together. It's a useless relationship. Break it up. Break it up. When you marry the relationship, there's no, it's not even interesting. Oh, yeah. And you can't even trust each other because you had Jesus Christ and you knew that fornication was wrong and you went ahead and you were sleeping together. So when you now marry, you don't trust each other because you know that the word of God is not enough to keep either of you. Hmm. I'm, I'm sharing something with you. Yeah, I'm sharing something with you. Are you there? Hey. Yeah, so I need you to become serious. Your body is the temple of Christ. Those of you who are still on Shisha. Only that Shisha is not my focus today. Yeah. You see, it does not matter how you are when you come to Christ. But after coming, he now begins to deal with the issues. And you must allow the issues to be dealt with. Is that okay? You must allow the issues to be dealt with. Once you come to him, he doesn't say go and do it yourself and come. No. Come as you are. But as you have now come, allow him to deal with the issues. Any relationship here, you are sleeping together. Let me give you advice from here. Break the relationship. Break it break it. Oh, mommy will stop. No, no. You have awakened a wild beast. You have awakened it. It will not survive in that way. Your only hope is to break it. Hey. I'm still reading scripture. First Corinthians 7 verses 2 and 3. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. 
let the husband render unto his wife due benevolence. It's just a long way of saying, husband have sex with your wife and likewise also the wife unto the husband. I'm speaking to some wives here. You have been sacrificing and starving your husband. Be very, very careful. It's a command in the Bible. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Hello? Hold on. Hold on. You see, now you understand why we are pro-marriage of young people. Because a young person, I don't need to tell you that your chemicals are burning. I don't need to tell you. You know yourself. You know yourself that you are burning. I don't need to tell you. Uh-huh. So the reason why we say marry early is because those chemicals are there. We know that you can only hold out so long and no longer. And so the Bible says to avoid fornication, man, find your own wife. Wife, find your own husband. Satisfy yourselves. Yeah. You see? Quiet. We have received so much condemnation from believers, actually. Are you here? <laughs> yeah. Are you in the church? That's why we say marry. Marry. Amen? Marry. Yeah. Marry. And we have received so much condemnation for it. People say they come liars. Hey, this church, when you come, they find beloved. Do I look like a fool to you? Do I look like a fool? Very, very stupid. You can tell the next time you hear it, tell them that your pastor said, the person said, who says it's stupid. I don't mind whether you're an adult or a child. However, however, I am not shy to say that we are supporters of early marriage because if you don't marry early, you will fornicate. You 35-year-olds with no girl, no wife. 29-year-olds with no wife. You will fornicate. So that we are just real. And we are saying that if you really, really, really plan to walk pure with God, it's going to be a battle. So you just shorten it. Find the person that you want to marry and actually marry her. Marry her. Yeah. Are you there? Hey. And it is for this that we are maligned and insulted and talked about on tech campus. This campus here. It's not anywhere. But we are not afraid and ashamed of it. At all. And those of you who are parents, I beg of you, allow your children to marry. Allow them to marry. Yeah. That you have it in your mind that your child is pure. It's because you are, you are not real. If you are real, you will know that the burning is real. You. No, it's true. I know a young man. I know a man, he was a, he's a pastor. When he wanted to marry, his parents said, oh, you are too young. Why do you want to marry? Then he said something to his parents. He said, I don't want to sleep with her before I marry. That day, the parents said, it's okay, marry. That day, that day. So in other ways, they were assuming that they were blowing themselves and being happy. So if that's the case, we don't need to marry. Girl, you have gone. You are washing for him, cooking for him, uh, warming his bed. Oh, we a free wife, Jala. Free wife. He has no reason to marry you. Absolutely no reason. You are doing the job diligently. 
Anyway, let me go back to my preaching. <laughs> I have more verses for you. Today they are came power for you. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5. I'm reading from verse 16. Look at another reason why you should be careful. This I say then. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So some of you, the reason why you are satisfying your flesh all the time is that you are an unspiritual person. Verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. Your flesh. Remember we've seen it here. The body and the spirit, they fight against each other. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Then he says in verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You are joking with your salvation. And God has put fornication and murder in exactly the same box. On earth, nobody will take you to court from fornication. Murder, dear, will take you. But in heaven, all to God is one. Read it well. When you are there envying your sister, your brother, he has put it in the same box with murder, with fornication, with adultery. Who made the world? You or God? Who determines what is right? You or God? Hey! Are you in the church? Are you there? Hey! I said, are you there? Mm. I'm just watching people. Your body language cry is a sermon to me. Hey. Amen. So this word is saying that the flesh and the spirit, your body and the spirit, they fight against each other. Yeah. That's why you're not able to do what you really want to do. Hmm. Hmm. I have to move on. Otherwise, I'll do only one point today. Hmm. Yeah. Ask your neighbor, do you want to go to heaven? Then tell your neighbor, stop joking. Oh. Stop joking. I'll advise you to stop joking. Yeah. Because one of the things you have on the campus, a lot of, a lot of fornication and adultery, a lot of it. It's like an illness. Number two, I'm talking to you. I'm asking some questions. Why do Christians not watch pornography? Why? Because I have heard that some married people cry say that, oh, since we are married, pornography is okay. It is never okay. Not as a single person, not as a married person. It is never okay. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 22 says, abstain from all appearance of evil. I don't need to tell you a sermon about the evil of pornography. I don't need to. Every single rapist you meet, every one of them, they've indulged in pornography. The two go together. Every single one. 
Every single rapist is a pornographer. Some of you, it's just that you haven't committed the rape yet. But rape, rape is a fruit of pornography. Cry. Some murders are fruit is pornography. Yeah. So, so why would you want to bring such a stinking thing into your life? Why? Ask your neighbor, can I see your phone? No, you see that some people, their phones, no, they'll start to sit on it. Some will start to say, I didn't bring my phone to school today, or I didn't bring my phone. You see? I need to tell you, I need to tell you, hello, the reason why the word pornography is not in the Bible is just that that practice didn't exist at that time. Uh It didn't exist then, but it exists now. And many of you, you are surfing pornography sites, both girls and guys. You better get serious with God because you have just, you see, what you have done is to when you have an enemy, would you open the door and invite him in? He's already looking for a way in. One of the entrances of Satan into your life is pornography. And a lot of you, those of you who are there, I want to kill myself. I want this. You said that it's, it's all a fruit. It's all a fruit. It's all a fruit. Hey. Today, may you be cured, though. Yeah. It's when you want to genuinely stop. That's when you discover that it is an evil. Yeah. There are so many people I know, they really try to stop. They don't know when they've gone back. Tell me I'm lying. <laughs> yeah, tell me I'm lying. I'm coming down to look at your face well. Because you see, some of you, your, your face is very holier than thou. Are you here? If you are already addicted to pornography, the sooner you admit your addiction, the better for you. That's your step number one. For as long as you say, I am not addicted, there's no hope. You are like a drunkard. Most drunkards, until they accept that they are alcoholics, no. They can't be helped. For as long as they say that, oh, I'm just chilling. When I'm tired, no. I'm a breaker, I'm a faba, I could be. For as long as they are saying that, you cannot do anything to help them. No, it is true. It's true. When, in fact, one of the first rules of deliverance, if the person you are going to deliver does not accept that there's a demon there, don't bother. Yeah, don't even bother. Yeah, don't bother. If the person does not accept, if the person does not admit that I have a problem, don't even waste your time. But when the person really genuinely wants to be free, so if you are here, many of you, about 90%, you are already pornographers. Some, some have been healed and delivered. There are only two categories. Where inside, have come out. Or are inside. Yeah. Those who have not been there, oh, it's some two percent. Two percent. Yeah. Mm. I'm talking to you. I say I'm talking to you. Today I'm dealing with the demons. I'm dealing with it. Stop calling me up at midnight. I feel like killing myself. What were you doing on that pornography site?
Get rid of it first and be, become serious. Become serious. Because you think that it's a simple thing. It's not a simple thing. You've got to get out of it. Are you here? I beg you, I am not giving you theories. I was a 10-year-old when somebody introduced me to, to, to pornography. And it was in my life. It took me, it took me another 24 minus 10 is what? 14 years to get out. So when I'm talking to you, I know what I'm talking about. Yes. I was not a Christian there. Yeah. So I'm not giving you theories. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I'm talking to you and I'm saying that you want to get out and you find yourself back in, I know what I'm talking about. And I can tell you that the number one condition to indulge in pornography is idleness. You have nothing to do. Idleness. Yeah. If you are free of pornography and you don't enter church and find something to do, I'm not joking at all. And I have led so many young men and women out. One of the first things, you must work, you need to be so tired that your body does not remember. It doesn't have strength to remember. Come and ask all these people sitting here. The reason why they are out is because they are so tired that when you get to your house, where's my bed? Is it, am I lying or I'm telling the truth? Sometimes you are even eating and you sleep. So you don't remember that, oh, if I took my phone, I will see. No. Idleness, loneliness, those two things. Yeah. They fight against that. And it's a spiritual thing and you need to understand it. You need to spend a lot of time praying. Yes, somebody may lay hands on you and deliver you, but it's not enough to keep you. No, it's not enough to keep you. You yourself must now wake up and stand and say that, child, I need to get out of this thing. I need to get out of it. And if you don't get out of it, it has other consequences. Yes, I have had grown men I've had to take to go and be prayed over and counseled because they can't sleep with their wives. And they can't sleep with their wives because they have been excited by something else. So when they come to what is normal, it doesn't allow... Hey, there are children here. Nyaman and sorry, do you understand? Because the thing that creates excitement, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The thing they need another, they are used to another stimulus. So now a normal girl, it doesn't. I don't know who came to church today, but I'm preaching because of somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Premature impotence. Yeah. It is one of the offshoots of a lot of pornography. Premature impotence. In both men and women, by the way. Why did I come here? Let me go to another point. Yeah. But if all you understand today, first of all, and then the number three, you must understand the devil will tell you you will never be free. Take it from me that he's lying. I said, take it from me. He's lying. Every time you want to get out and you fall back, he tells you that I told you that you can't come out. Just be there and relax and enjoy it. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Keep on. Come on. Keep fighting. One day you'll turn around and see that the thing night has gone. Bishop has a nice way of saying, he says, drown it. He says, some things you can cast them out, some other things. He says, we don't drown demons in hot water. It's cold water. Then they are lying there. Then you are hitting the water. Kakren, 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 kakren. By the time they are where they are dead. Uh-huh. Hey! Are you there? I'm speaking to some of you today. 
I'm hoping that you are hearing. If you really want help to come free, you can come free. But your, 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 your salvation must be genuine. And you must really want to come out. And you must admit that you have a problem. And begin to look at under what circumstances do you indulge. You will find out most of the time you are alone. Most of the time you are alone. Hey! Which brings me to my next point. My next two, which may be my last. I don't even have a clock to know the time. Why do Christians not listen to unbeliever music? Let me take that one. All pornographers, you will discover that there are certain kinds of music that help you. There is no music that is neutral. Just a few weeks ago, was that called here not on campus? Did you go to walk on the parade grounds the morning after? You see that you are quiet. You are quiet. People went walking there. Used condoms. Was there any preaching about people having sex? No. There was only a type of music. And as somebody told us later, she said that it released a wild spirit of lust. The person who was speaking found herself in a hall she didn't know, in a bed of a guy she didn't know. When I keep telling you, you say that eh, these pastors, they don't want us to be enjoying ourselves. Eh, really? Yeah, you are very quiet. I'm reading scripture. Today, dear. How I love the scripture saying. Look at something. Take me to 1 Samuel 16 and verse 15 quickly. 1 Samuel 16. The Bible was telling us that there was a time when Saul, he was now in trouble with God. They said that it's an evil spirit from God that is troubling him. Verse 16. Now the servants were telling him, let our Lord now command your servants which are before you to seek out a man who is a cunning player. This is old English. That's a skillful player on a harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon you that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. Verse 23 of the same scripture. And verse 23, 23. It came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well and the evil spirit departed from him. If the playing of an anointed man can drive out a spirit, you must know that the playing of a demonic man can bring an evil spirit. You must know it. And so those of you who are instrumentalists whose life is here, there. I'm not called here. Just, just be careful. Yeah, because the fact that you are in church playing an instrument doesn't mean anything. But can the anointing come because you are playing? It's a question. Do you desire that? No, it's true. Yeah. For over 10 years, I had a pianist. When I want to enter the spirit fast, I said, just be there. I just needed her to start. Holy Ghost will come. I'm still looking for her replacement. No, it's true. She had to, she had to move away. I'm still looking for her replacement. Yeah. Second, second Kings 3, verses 14 and 15. Elisha said, 
As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward you or see you. But now bring me a minstrel, and it shall come to pass when the minstrel plays that the hand of the Lord came upon him. What had happened was that two kings were looking for direction, that the Lord would direct them. And they called Elijah, and one of them, no, Elijah didn't, Elisha didn't like him at all. And he said, I only came because of the other king. They said, I need to hear from God quickly. Bring me not a prayer warrior. Bring me not a minstrel. A minstrel is somebody who sings the music of God. That's a minstrel. That's a minstrel. So if you are an instrumentalist and in your things you have unbeliever music, I leave you to judge whether it's helping you or hindering you. Hey! The church has become quiet. Why are they why are they attacking the instrumentalist? Then you are a child of limited intelligence. I'm trying to draw you up to something higher. Yeah. If you want to see something higher, stay with God's music. Enter God's music. Live in God's music. Let every time you come to come in, you see that as you are coming, the Holy Ghost is watching you. Yeah. Yeah. I am a preacher of the word. I live in the atmosphere of the word. Yeah. If I don't know that you are coming and you come in you to my room and I don't you will see that's word of God that is going. I'm a preacher of the word. I live in it. I don't occasionally live in the word of God. And when I finish, I come out and then I go and watch. What? What? <laughs> Something. I don't, I don't go. And, but, Pastor, is it, a, it depends on what you want. The Bible says that all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. I want to be a spiritual person. I want to make sure that every time I come to stand and to preach the word of God, that the Holy Ghost is around. I want to make sure that as I'm walking around, he's walking with me, that his presence is with me. I can't afford to step out and go and acquire another spirit and come. Then I have to now remove that one. That's why some of you, when you come on Sunday morning, it takes you a long time to wind up. You are like an old motto on a cold Hamatan morning. Praise the worship leader is singing. He brings first song. Otunima, you are there. Second song, you are there. Then you have the audacity to say that hey, the man, he's not, his song is not nice. It's not that his song is not nice. Your engine is so cold. It's so cold that you can't be sparked up. What do you do? What do you do in your free time? Who is around you in your free time? That's the fruit you are bearing. Mommy, I can't pray. That's the fruit you are bearing. What's around you? Who is around you? Hey, I'm in love with the boy. I can't break away. Yeah, because of what's around you and who's around you. You spend all your time in those funny stories and those funny things. You are now looking for that tall, dark, and handsome. He doesn't exist. When you find him, he is not handsome, but he's tall. Or he's tall, but he's not handsome. Oh, he's tall and handsome, but he doesn't have the hair on the chest you need. Are you there? But according to the nonsense you have been reading, he came to sweep you off your feet. Uh, please, I don't know where you've grown up, but me, I've grown up in Ghana. There's nobody sweeping you off no feet, okay? You better learn to walk on your own two legs. Brothers, am I preaching right? Are you looking for people to be sweeping off your feet? Hey, 
Are you there? Do you like spiritual things or you don't like spiritual things? Yeah. Then if you like spiritual things, develop a spiritual atmosphere. Stay in it. Stay in it. Stay in it. You'll find out that all the other things, they just fall away. They just fall away. I have forgotten how to be angry properly. Oh. I've been laughing. They say, mommy is angry, but I'll be laughing. Quack, quack, quack. I'm what? No, it's true. Because Holy Ghost is there. He just come and uh, remove these things. We have fellowship into fellowship. What are you longing for? More of God, then stay with him. When you wake up, what's around you? Word of God, music of God. And in this church, we have so much. Any type you like, we have some. Any type. Yeah. Any type you like. You will suddenly discover that even without trying, you are walking in spiritual things. Yeah. Even without trying. Even without trying. One day you look around, all those problems have fallen away. Those of you young ladies, as you are passing, gentlemen are calling, shiri, shiri, shiri. I beg you. Oh, I beg you. Don't feel honored. Don't feel honored. Their demon of lust is locating your demon of lust. Men don't whistle at a spiritual girl, no matter how beautiful she is. They don't whistle. They are about to whistle and say, when they look at... So for as long as the brothers are whistling, it's a sign. Oh, it's a sign. It's a sign. Don't be honored at all. Their demon of lust has located yours. Hey. Ah, people, I'm ending. I don't mind you at all. I don't believe you. But all the things that I have said, one of the greatest helps. Why do Christians speak in tongues? You speak in tongues because the Bible says that he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. Speaking in tongues causes you to grow. Edification means you are, you are giving strength to yourself. Are you there? The Bible says that nobody understands you, but you are speaking mysteries to God. I'm talking to somebody who's longing for God. Begin to make it your habit to speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. I didn't say shout in tongues. You can't shout for long. Are you there? Your voice will finish. But it is possible, even when you're in a trotro. After all, the unbelievers, whatever they are going to do, they do it openly, even when it's disgraceful. Yeah. I don't see why I should stop speaking, praying, speaking in tongues. I'll speak in tongues. And as you do, the Bible says you are edifying yourselves. You are building up yourself. Your spirit is getting some food. Are you there? Your spirit is getting stronger. I'm speaking to every fornicator, every adulterer, every pornographer, every, 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 whatever. I don't mind where you are coming from. Begin to practice speaking in tongues. I tell you, the demons hate it and they will run away every time you draw near. Hallelujah. We will be having another Holy Ghost service. After midterms, we'll have another Holy Ghost service. Those of you who don't speak in tongues, make sure that you are in that service. Is it a good idea? Make sure you are in that service. 
and receive the ability to speak in tongues. It's one of the blessings of your lives. Hallelujah. Are you there? I, was, I used to be a lay pastor for many years and I would travel every single week. And every time on these long roads, six hours in the car, eight hours, I learned how to just sit and pray in tongues. Praying. The devil can do what he likes, but I'm in tongues. Are you there? Before you are aware, spiritually, you are strong. May the Lord help us. And may he deliver us from evil and deliver us from the evil one and help us in our battles. Some of you have some decisions to take this afternoon. You have to let go of some people in your life. The brother with whom you have been sharing pornography. He must go. He must go. The one who keeps you in supply. He must go. The sister. You have some of you are friends. Have you not noticed that all your evil comes from a friend? It's a friend who saw a new site of new things and came and gave you the, 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 the website. Yeah. The girl who comes to your room and before you are aware, or you say before you are aware, you have done things. The brother who comes and you feel you can't today you are you are leaving you are not going out of this place with that relationship we are on our way to maturing as christians and god will help us stand to your feet and as you stand to your feet begin to roar in tongues i need prayers please not singers this afternoon i need people to pray lift it up and begin to pray elder david where is he afternoon in Jesus name is leaving that desire is leaving you that desire is leaving you somebody you are a serial fornicator but as we lift our voices and pray you are being broken free lift up your voices continue to pray continue to pray continue to pray 
Father, we thank you. Every unclean spirit, we command you to exit now in Jesus' name. You don't belong here. We rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name. Every demon of pornography, every fornicating spirit, we bind you now and we command you to get out of here and never return. Leave now in Jesus' name. We give you praise. We thank you. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you are here this afternoon. But you, what you need is Jesus. You have not given your life to Jesus. You need to give your life to him before he can begin to sort out anything concerning you. Or you have given your life to him, but since you gave your life to him, you are backslidden away from him and you know it. This is an opportunity to give your life to him, to come back and to confess him as your Lord and Savior again. And to just refine your place and your position. Never leave this place and go to hell. Never leave this place and not take, make, make use of the opportunity. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, have a reality check with yourself. If Jesus were to come tonight, would you be going to heaven or not? If he were to come right now, would you be going to heaven or not? And as every eye is closed and every head is bowed, when you check, you can see you need him. You need to give your life to him. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Lift up your right hand. Lift it up. Lift it up. You're just one prayer away. God bless you. God bless you. I'm seeing hands lifted. Lift up your right hands. Lift it up. Lift it up. Now, if your hand is lifted, I want you to step out of where you are and come to me. Come. Let an usher help you. Let a pastor help you. Come to me. Come to me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You are saying, I want to change my life. I need a change in my life. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need a new start. I need help. I need help. Just step out of where you are. Come, just step out. Step out, step out. Don't think about your friend. Don't think about your enemy. Just step out and come. Step out and come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you as you come. God bless you. God bless you as you come. God bless you. 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 Last call for somebody. Last call. Last call. Step out and come. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Come. 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 Give him your life. Come. Come and give him your life today. Come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Step out. There is still time. There is still room. Step out while you can. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
I don't know. I just want to talk to somebody. It's because of your friends. Because of your friends. I had friends like your friends. But I'm so happy today that I left them. I'm so happy. Step out. Leave those friends and come. Jesus needs you. Jesus needs you. Those friends cannot help you. They can't take you to where you want to go. Step out. Come and give your life to Jesus. Jesus who does not condemn. Jesus just says, come. 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 Just come. As everyone's eye is closed, let us pray this prayer. Those of you in front, I want you to pray this prayer after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, from today, you are my savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for everyone here who has come to give their life to you. I pray, O oh God, that their salvation will hold, that their salvation will last all through their lives. Teach them the way they should go. Help them, O oh God, in the things that must change. But let them, above all, realize that something on the inside has changed. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Dr. Joy Felipe Bruce, and on Instagram and Twitter at FLIDSA. God richly bless you.